Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. It's time for Caveman Corner, presented by Midland Engineering Company on Michiana's Sports Leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. We're talking all things Mishawaka Caveman Athletics. And now, the hosts of Caveman Corner, Sean Styers and Dean Huppert. With Mishawaka Athletic Director Dean Huppert, I am Sean Styers. Caveman Corner is brought to you by Midland Engineering Company. We're also presented by Kevin Putz from First Midwest Mortgage, Mishawaka Education Foundation, School City of Mishawaka, and Thor Industries. Don't forget, we have Notre Dame basketball coming up tonight from the Maui Invitational here on WSBT. We also have our first Mishawaka basketball broadcast this Wednesday night, 7.30, when the Cavemen host Elkhart. Central. Now, go ahead and say this. We, we've we've tried. We've talked a little bit about this, Dean. It, there's one of those interesting situations Wednesday night. Notre Dame is going to be playing that night in Maui, and their game time depends on whether they win or lose these first couple nights of the Maui Invitational. But so you've got a plan. That's right. We okay, have a plan. That's the important. We thing. have a plan. If the Irish play at eight o'clock. Wednesday, then Mishawaka basketball is going to be on Z94.3 FM. But if Notre Dame has the later game at 1030, then Mishawaka will be right here on WSBT. This is one of maybe two times we might have some head-to-head conflict this season. So we will know the res- after the result of tomorrow night's game when uh, Notre Dame plays either LSU or Michigan tomorrow. So, stay tuned. That's that's the plan right there. Yeah, but like you said, we have a plan. And our special guest on tonight's show is John Rogeman. He's a 3-year letterman at Mishawaka. Do you want me to say what years? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of it. Back in the 70s. Back in the 70s. That's there right. we go. That's right. He was a uh, captain his senior year, two-time Football MVP, including MVP of the first team to finish the regular season with a perfect record and also NIC Player of the Year, your senior year. And then it played uh, for four years, four-year letterman at Indiana University. Go Hoosiers. Went to the Holiday Bowl too, right? That's right, my freshman year. Now, John, I have to preface this conversation with the last Caveman Corner, Sean wasn't here, and Darren Pritchett, we got Sharon Versip. I know. And Sean's like, you're bringing in a legend? <laughs> you know, I'm not here and you're bringing in a legend? So I had to up it one notch and bring in another Mishawaka legend. There and you go. Multi-platform guy, not only a great football player, high school and college, but also an amazing referee at the, at the, at the college level as well well as uh, some other uh, uh, places, uh, including the MFL, the Mishawaka Football right. League. <laughs> and you see a guy who's refereeing in the national playoff in the Final Four, and then all of a sudden you see him at Steel Stadium with our fifth and sixth graders out there, and these kids have no idea who they're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really interesting, though, because you are your your college football referee. You've done you've you've worked at at all levels. How, 
First, how, how long have you been a college official? Well, college official, uh, let's see, 1994 was my first year, so I haven't done the math quickly, but uh, this is my 16th year in the Big Ten. But starting out in college, you know, you start doing the junior colleges and D- Division three, and then you move up and work Division two for eight years, and then uh, the last 16 have been in the Big Ten. So Now, do you sort of... Move up through the ranks. Kind of, you start off at the at that Division two or level, and then how do you move up right. to the next level? Well, actually, you know how I got into officiating. If I can get into that a sure. little bit, but yeah, you know, I was twenty seven years old, and uh, yeah, I had missed being involved with football because you know I, I played it in college and everything. Sure. In high school, I had some great memories, and there was an article in the Tribune that said they're really in desperate need of high school football officials. So Bruce Wyrick is a good friend of mine. We we were high school teammates at Mishawaka and also went down to IU together. And he called me up and said, hey, w- what do you think about it? I said, all right, let's do it. So I went to the first meeting. Um, at that time, they, they had a probationary program through the IHSAA where you didn't even have to take uh, your license test to get your license. And you were able to work, not varsity games, but I wasn't ready to work a varsity game. <laughs> so that first year, I worked 14 junior high games. A lot of them met John Young and made $15 a game and uh, learned a lot, but found out also that I loved being involved out there on the field, running around again. And so I was hooked and uh, went on from there. That had to have been interesting because you're five years out of being a running back at right. IU. Yeah. you got these junior high guys. You must have just been <laughs> flying by them like, man, I still got it. I'm fast. Well, but but yeah. what a learning experience. And right. to do it right around the area here yeah. must have been a thrill for you. So then the next year I got on a high school crew. Marcus Engdahl was the referee. And, of course, Bob Kanye, the local high school legend, was instrumental in helping me out. And back then, yeah, when a kid broke a long run, I said, let's go, baby. Let's see what you got. <laughs> now, like at the championship game with the Alabama, a guy broke a long one. I'm like, oh, man, give me some extra time to get down the sidelines, you know. But, but uh, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult now. Yeah, and you're, and you're telling the guy, hey, wait 30 or 40 years, you right. know. There you go. <laughs> we'll the see kids what it stay is. the same age, though. We get older every year. So Talk <laughs> about that progression. As, as a referee, when you move from that high school level, and your first Division One game, if I'm not mistaken, was it with Penn State? Right. It must have been a special experience. And to know that you've only been doing it for 10 years, and now all of a sudden you've got Joe Paterno in right. a milestone game, that must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was really cool. And when the assignment came out, I, I said I was going to be at Penn State, and we used to do what called the red hat duties, which were commercial TV timeout guy, you know. So I thought that was going to be my assignment because I had done that a few other games for the Big Ten, and then all of a sudden, no, I'm going to be the side judge. So I get Welcome to, be on to the, the show. <laughs> I had no idea how much I got paid. I mean, literally no idea. We went to the game, and most games you go to in high school and even Division three and Division two, you when you get there, there's a check for you. So I go, okay. And my first Division three game was over at uh, Concordia in Illinois. I had no idea there was a check in my locker when I got there. I had no idea how much it was going to be. <laughs> I looked at it, $90. Hey, oh, that's, that's not, not bad. bad. I'll pay for lunch. <laughs> so then anyway, this first Big Ten game I go to, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. Penn State, you know, one of the epitome schools, Joe Paterno. We get to the locker room, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great with all the nice trimmings, you know, they have. We get to the locker room, and all there was there was a small cooler full of drinks and I opened up the lid there was a six pack of coke 
with no ice. But anyway, that was his 300th career victory. Yeah, that, that was right? Joe Paterno's 300th career rear victory and uh also they played bowling green and a little interesting fact that i i found didn't know at the time but have since found out one of the linebackers for bowling green was a guy named dj durkin okay who's now the head coach at maryland right. in the mm. big 10 i knew i'd so, heard that name yeah, yeah so we we talked about that and kind of laughed about it uh, a while back so. i imagine that you've seen a lot of those kind of guys though right guys who were whether it's even in high school or, or college, where a, a lot of guys who, when you first started out playing, who are probably in the coaching ranks and doing a lot of other stuff right now. Right. You know, and even, you know, I mentioned off the air a little bit, uh, but when I was working Division Two in the uh, Gulyak, as we called it back then, uh, you know, Brian Kelly was a coach at uh, Grand Valley, so I had a lot of his games. Um, you know, Jerry Kill, who's now at Rutgers, was at Minnesota. He was at Saginaw mm-hmm. Valley back in those days so uh yeah you never know where where these paths are going to cross what was brian kelly like at grand valley because the lights weren't there the cameras right. a championship coach and doing great things but do you see a lot of the same things at notre dame that he was doing the fundamentals of coaching that he was doing with them yes i do and you know I, I was always impressed by coach kelly with his fire you know you know he he has that one shade of red or purple guy <laughs> yeah. he comes to his face sometimes. haven't seen as much of it yeah this year. and it, it, we used to see that face sometimes too and the thing about coach kelly was he was always interviewed at halftime by the radio station there at Grand Valley. In our locker room, the officials' locker room was always at the end where the Grand Valley locker room was. So the key was to try to get off the field while he was being interviewed by the radio <laughs> guy. And he knew it. So he would try to get his answers in quick so he could he could grab us one more time going after in. you. So, but imagine, we had a lot of fun. I imagine sometimes you guys have eyes in the back of your head and you can see the shades of red even though he's yelling right <laughs> That's <behind> right. You. <laughs> Yeah, so we had some good times, and you know, and, and I've got the opportunity to work a few scrimmages, uh, you know, in the spring and in the summer over at Notre Dame, and we, Brian and I, you know, we'll chat about those things too, you know. So it's it's, it's good he hasn't forgotten those days either. So John Rogerman's our guest on Caveman Corner, former Mishawaka football standout, played at Indiana, and of course, as we've been talking about, a, both a uh, high school, a youth, all different level uh, football. Official, do do you work a college game every week right now, or how's that work? Yeah, we uh, in the Big Ten, we usually have one or two weeks off, but other than that, we're working every Saturday. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, thinking about your Mishawaka career, it must have been a magical time back then. 1979 grad, but you were a two-time MVP of the NIC, scored 145 points as a senior. That's an impressive All-State two years, 45 career touchdowns, and 2,925 yards. In your high school games, that team, do you still have those connections and do you still have those little flashbacks and say, you know what, <laughs> that was that was a time at, at Steel Stadium that I could look up and, and maybe have my favorite memory or, or look up and maybe see a, a family member there that, that you knew. And, and now you look at 2017 and say, I know what those kids were going through because I did that back then. Right. And, uh, you know, in Mishawaka, it's such a, you know, hometown truly where, right. you know, the little kids look up to the bigger kids. And, you know, I was one of those little guys that looking through the fence and watching practices, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, wondering if I would ever be big enough and tough enough to play for the cavemen, you know. And uh, I, I finally got to that stage where I got to be out on that field, and I never forgot that. And I, I remember... 
you know, when I was out there busting my tail, I, I never wanted to let up just one time because I knew those days were, are numbered that you get to be out there. And yet I always knew somebody was watching me, whether it be an old old jock, as we call them, like I am now, or a young kid. So I always wanted to make that impression on those kids. And, uh, you know, that's still going on today. And what was it that was special about Mishawaka football then that made you smile or that that made you come back every day you know it, it seems like every team has a tradition has something that their coach has them do or, or maybe as as teammates that you guys said you know what i'm always going to remember that and then you bring it up in 2017 right well you know like uh my i got to play for a coach bill doba my sophomore year and he, he was there for six years at mishawaka so those were my formative years in junior high and you know we really did run his offense in junior high you know the same 22, 23, 21 double blast, you know. And I don't know if you knew power and all those and things. And if you knew so. that at that time that he was going to be a great coach and go on and be a Division one college right. coach. So, uh, you know, I got to play for him my sophomore year. And, uh, you know, uh, then he went on to IU, which probably helped me get a, get a scholarship to IU as sure, well. yeah. But then Jim Miller took over and, and actually Coach Doble left right at the in, in It was like middle of July, so... We kind of felt, oh, man, why is he leaving us now? Yeah. But uh, then we went on that year. Uh, that was my junior year, and Jim Aldridge was a captain as a senior. He was a year ahead of me, and uh, we were the backfield that year, and we went on to uh, have that 10-0 and season. A couple magical games there because uh, the last game of the year was against Washington, South Bend, Washington, and they were 9-0, and and we were 9-0. and uh, so we had both beaten everybody, and, and that game was at Tupper Field, which is now Steel Stadium. Sure. But And it was a packed house with people standing in the end zones and everything, <laughs> and it was just a lot of fun and uh, excitement. We had, And we knew right then we had to play Washington the next week in the playoffs because back then not everybody got in the playoffs. Sure. So we did win that first game, but then they beat us the second one. Ah, gotcha. So that that's a heartbreaker. I don't know, though. Memory you'll yep. never forget. Yep. 719 on Caveman Corner on, Mich- on uh, Michiana Sports Leader 96 Wood FM WSBT. John Rogeman is our guest. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk more with the former Mishawaka and Indiana football standout right here on Caveman Corner on WSBT. Continues on Michiana Sports Leader 96.1 FM WSBT with Mishawaka Athletic Director Dean Hubbard. I'm Sean Styers. Our special guest tonight is former Mishawaka and Indiana football player John Rogman. A lot of stuff going on right now, Dean. Is we're getting into winter sports, obviously. Yeah, you know the girls basketball team beat Concord. Delaney Basker had 21 on Saturday night. Girls swim team got a nice win over Memorial. The boys swim team and their new coach Danny Lacero Dixon. He also is in charge of Michiana Stars Swim Club. They open up at Memorial tomorrow, and Steve Sandifer and the wrestlers are going to open up at Adams. So a lot of things happening. And of course, WSBT. You mentioned it at the beginning of the broadcast. We're going to have the basketball basketball game on Wednesday night. It's our home opener, the debut of Ron Heklinski as the new basketball coach. A lot of excitement. And to honor that night, the opening night of high school basketball, we're going to let all high school students from Mishawaka High School with their student ID, they get in free. So we're going to call it the turkey tip-off. <laughs> it's going to be free. We're, I don't, I don't know if we can do the John Madden thing and actually have a turkey there and the winning team, you know, uh-huh. and the MVPs do that. But we're trying to think of some creative ways to 
to give to give the students an opportunity to experience high school basketball and be there in the cave. You know, the cave is the act the oldest active gym in the state of Indiana. Yep. So there's all these books of Hoosier temples and and the cave is one of those. So if you've never been there, it's like a museum to go. But uh, opening night against Elkhart Memorial JV six o'clock and the night before Thanksgiving, we know a lot of families are going to come back, so you can go out and watch high school basketball at Mishawaka. Good stuff. That's this Wednesday, and of course, it'll be either here or on Z94.3, and again, that depends on what time Notre Dame plays uh, Wednesday night out in Maui. John Rogeman, I, I was wondering, for someone who's been officiating as long as you have, and at all levels as well, what's what's maybe changed the most about the game? You, you can go high school in college, because well, I'm sure there, there's it's a different answer for each of them. What's changed the most right. since you started? From from just the the players themselves, the amount of dedication it takes to become an athlete at, at that level. You know, you look at a high school team now, and you look below the waist, and you see the development of the legs that the, that just wasn't there back when I played. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the guys, you know, the weight training is really changed the game a lot in terms of uh that sp- you know the the power and speed of the game uh, now also on an officiating point of view you know the, the targeting rule that has been you know much maligned over the years <laughs> but uh, you know it's been changed here and there but you know it's it's really an effort uh you know on an officiating point of view and from a coaching point of view is to keep those the head out of the contact well, let me ask you. I was going to ask you about targeting mm-hmm. at some point. As as someone who's out there Who on the was, field, who's been targeted? <laughs> yeah, way, I'm sure. I'm ball, sure. So. And nobody called it back then, <laughs> right. right? What? I think fans. That's probably the the rule that frustrates everyone the most because you've got all these different TV angles right. and you can see all this head contact. E- explain it as simple as terms the targeting rule, maybe as you can, and and what's going to prompt you to make that call. Okay, well, you know, there's really a guy comes in with the crown of the helmet that's going to be a targeting call. doesn't matter where he hits a guy. I can hit you in the stomach, but if it's with the crown of my top of my helmet, that's a foul. That's been a foul since 1975. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my I shouldn't say this, but my brother Rob got kicked out of a game for spearing <laughs> in 1975. We're like, what? What's that call about? You know, so good old Captain Rob. Spent 25 years in the uh, in the army, so West okay. Point played at West Point. So, but that was in ninth grade. So, uh, but uh, then the other part is just you know a, a, a high hit to the head and neck area to a defenseless player. And it obviously several, doesn't have to be with the right, crown. Doesn't have to be with the crown, but there's several categories for a defenseless player. But the overall thing with officiating is it's got to be about safety. And I'll just tell a quick story here that a lot of the people here will know the name of Dave Durison. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dave Durison was from Muncie South. I played in the North-South All-Star game with him in 1979. We were down together at IU there. That's where the game was played. We practiced together for 10 days. He went to Notre Dame, became an All-American. I went to IU, lettered four years, but by no means, <laughs> you know, an All-American. He went on all pro, won two Super Bowls with the Bears and the Giants, right? So this was probably maybe 10 years after David retired from uh, playing, and he was at Notre Dame for a luncheon, and they introduced him, and I was at the luncheon. I said, I'm just going to go up to him afterwards and say, hey, Dave, I'm John Rogeman. You know, uh, you had a great career. I was happy, you know. 
And I went up to him, and I didn't even have to say my name. He turned to me and said, Rogie, great to see you. Man, you had a good career at IU. Now, That's wait awesome. a minute here. He's telling me I had a good career? Right. Yeah. It was really awesome. Well, we all know what happened to Dave mm-hmm. because of this targeting that wasn't called in those days. He developed that CTE on the brain. And I, I went to a, uh, uh, a lecture that Notre, out at Notre Dame a few years ago about this t- subject, and they had a slice of, of Dave's brain up on there that shows the white stuff and then this ugly brown stuff. And it just hit me, and I just started crying. Yeah. Because somewhere on that slide... That guy with his brain could remember little Johnny Rogeman from Mishawaka, Indiana, after only knowing him for 10 days when we were 18 years old. And then that brown stuff made him get a shotgun and shot himself through the chest. So as an official, we're going to err on the side of safety. And coaches got to coach that way, too. And it's getting better. Now, there's going to be mistakes made, and the kid's going to get tossed out of a game. But you know what? we got to look at that overall so we don't have guys doing that when they're 50 years old. Yep. Sorry to no, maybe pontificate a little bit there. Speaking of health, uh, you had a scare uh, July 13th, I think it was. Uh, I saw you July 12th. We're out there yeah. celebrating Bob Kanye, and, right. and the next day you're in the hospital. Uh, people want to know how you're doing, and obviously you're looking great. Yeah. And uh, um, This has been a year of perspective, I'm sure, for you. Well, yeah, and actually, uh, you know, on, out, of, out of the nowhere, I had a, a stroke, you know, due to AFib, which means my heart was beating out of rhythm and electrical issue. You know, my cholesterol was good. My cholesterol, you know, triglycerides were good and everything. Yeah. And, yeah, just kind of a freak thing. And uh, But luckily, uh, when I fell down, my wife was upstairs and heard me. Uh, good old Mishawaka uh, Fire Department was there within four minutes. They well, hauled me up here to the hospital, went right by WSBT. I waved and, you know. <laughs> but uh, then they, I was someday. actually airlifted yeah. to uh, Loyola where they have a special stroke unit up in Chicago. Yeah, but I walked out of there within 48 hours, and, uh, you know, I, I had to miss my first week um, of Big Ten officiating this year, but I've worked since. So everything's doing doing great, and I appreciate all the prayers that went out from Mishawaka, and it truly was humbling with the amount of uh, prayers and note cards I got from people in Mishawaka as well as people at my old teammates at IU. I don't know so. if I've seen a bigger smile when I saw him on the night of the scrimmage and he was just out there talking sure. to the officials yeah. a month later. So I'm sure. Uh, great to That's see great you. That's great to John. hear. Thank you. Real quick, I, I, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you this one last question here tonight. One of the biggest changes probably in, in all of sports is instant replay. Right. How do you think that has changed your job as an official? Well, it's, it's for the better, for sure. I'll, I can give you a, a specific example. The first year, they and Big Ten was a pilot, was a pioneer in it, bringing it in. The, we, were, we did it as a trial basis before the rest of the country. And I had a game at Iowa, and uh, I remember there was a close play. It was one of those diving catches. Did the ball hit the ground or not? I ruled it hit the ground. So the coach was kind of not – it wasn't Ference. It was, I don't remember who the coach was. But I was on the other sideline, and he was yelling at me. And then he said, well, why am I yelling at you? It's going to replay. <laughs> so, number one, if if the call gets reversed, he's happy because it's the right decision. Mm-hmm. So he stays off my back. And if I'm right, well, 
there you go, coach. I was right. So he's going to stay off of me. Before replay, he would have kept harping on that play for the rest of the game or could have. Right. You know, so as an official, we love it. We really do. So. All right. Good stuff. John, appreciate you coming in tonight. Great Thank to you. hear that you're back at health, and, and I look forward to seeing you out One there. One other thing, I want to wish the mighty Penn Kingsman good luck this week, heading out downstate again for uh, hopefully bring back another state title. All right. Good Sounds luck, Coach good. Corey. All right. Cape Man Corner brought to you by Midland Engineering, also presented by Kevin Putz from First Midwest Mortgage, Mishawaka Education Foundation, School City of Mishawaka, and Thor Industries. And don't forget, Mishawaka Basketball Tip-off coming up Wednesday night at uh, 7.30, either here on WSBT or on Z94.3 FM. For Dean Hubbard, I'm Sean Styers. Have a great Thanksgiving. We will talk to you next week. Caveman Corner on WSBT. everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.